Alina Zagitova seems to be the figure skaters who, whose nerves were not jostled at the Olympics, probably because she's 15. There's no time for those nerves to have, set in. She doesn't know what nerves are. She doesn't, she doesn't have those yet. Oh, she was masterful on the ice. We'll be talking about all the latest in the Olympics coming up next. Hey, 2009 is our Flashback Friday year because this was the first year of the OC Restaurant Week, which we talked with our friends from Sun-Dried Tomato Bistro. And I'm still full from that. Uh, and then also this was the year, uh, 2009 was the year that the Dodgers moved their spring training to Arizona for the first time. Guess what? They're playing right now. Are you going to go? Fact. I'm still, I think I might go the last weekend okay. before the before the uh, regular season starts. Because by then, a lot of the rosters have been figured out. You get a lot of starters to play longer into the games. You get to see some of the good starting pitchers, etc. You don't have to, you don't have 106 people on the roster. So we'll see. Plus, this could be warm. End of March in Arizona is nice. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Rick Gates is a name you'll see in the news all day. He's a former top advisor to President Trump's election campaign, and he has formally pleaded guilty to federal conspiracy and false false statements in the special counsel's Russia investigation. This is a strong indication, this plea, that he is planning to cooperate with Robert Mueller and the investigation. This looks really bad for Paul Manafort. This is one of those uh, This is one of those things where it's clear that Rick Gates has some information. Otherwise, uh, Mueller would never have allowed a guilty plea in this case, but it's expected, or we can he's assume... sing like a canary. Oh, he's got to have everything on Paul Manafort. Again, this is this is all financial stuff at this point. This is Paul Manafort uh, taking advantage of the system, Paul Manafort lying to authorities about his finances, etc. So this doesn't point to uh, to any sort of collusion, but man, something in that campaign stinks. And uh, if they're lucky, it's just Paul Manafort. North Korea is in the news. The U.S. has imposed another round of economic sanctions on the North over its nuclear and ballistic missile programs. Trump calls this latest move the heaviest sanctions ever imposed on North Korea. And he says if the sanctions against North Korea don't work, it will be time for phase two of the pressure campaign against North Korea, which the president says could be very rough. Um, He did not spell out what phase two may be, but he said this. It may be very, very unfortunate for the world. Hmm. I wonder what he believes phase two is. I wonder what, in, what goes on in his mind when he I do that. not know. Uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott is in the news. He has talked about changing some gun laws in the state of Florida. For example, he wants to raise the minimum age for purchasing weapons. He has also talked about uh, a, a new security funding, a process to remove guns from those deemed to pose a danger. Here's just a couple of, uh, of his quotes. This will allow a court to prohibit a violent or mentally ill person from purchasing or possessing a firearm or any other weapon when either a family member, community welfare expert, or law enforcement officer files a sworn request and presents evidence to the court of a threat of violence involving firearms or other weapons. That uh, would follow along a similar law here in California. And you mentioned, I think it's four other states that have similar laws like that, allowing a mental restraining order when it comes to guns. He also mentioned bump stocks. We will completely ban the purchase or sale of bump stocks. So 
That's that's what Rick Scott wants to do. Republican Rick Scott there in uh, in Florida. Nashville Mayor Megan Berry back in the news. The last you heard from her was at the end of January when she held a news conference and admitted to an extramarital affair with the head of her security. Um, that was the same day the officer announced his retirement from the police department after 31 years on the job. There's new evidence that has emerged in connection to the criminal investigation around this affair. It involves nude photos because there was a question of whether he was racking up overtime when they were having their sexy time. (laughs) He cannot double dip. You can't get the overtime while you're having the sexy time. I apologize for that phrase. Stop looking at me like that. You know what I'm getting at. Apparently, there were nude photos on her phone, and the timestamp on the nude photo, or on his phone, timestamp on the nude photos is the same time that he was accruing overtime. What? No bueno. Now, uh, another reason why, ladies, no yes. matter what age you are, yeah. don't take nude pictures. <laughs> well, now listen, the bureau, the bureau hasn't identified who was in the pictures. But in the affidavit, an agent says he believed that a black purse that was in one of the nude photos is the same purse found in a different photo of Barry found on, on the agent's phone. And they were taken a day apart. The, what she said was, this, I haven't heard this one before. She said, if those photos are of me, I haven't seen them. And they were taken without my knowledge or my permission. And they are a complete invasion of my privacy. And she said the allegations of photos of her are very troubling and infuriating if true. I suppose there's a possibility that this guy was taking pictures of her without her knowledge. That while she was sleeping or something, he snapped a couple uh, mementos? Yeah. Gross. But what do you need them for if what you're... Do you mean, what do you need them for? If you're already... You're, you're hitting that. What yeah, are you... I don't know. I don't know. You, it's your species. Men have plenty of imagination. I don't understand why you need the picture for it. You don't understand why men need nude pictures. No, no, of I women. understand why they look at them. Yes. I'm just saying, if you are that, I mean, you're if getting you're, that, yeah. and it's right, like literally, it's close enough to take a picture well, of. Maybe she wasn't uh, offering it up that much, <laughs> but she's maybe he couldn't get it whenever he wanted it, so uh, he needed a memento. Weird. I feel gross. You should you should double dipper. Hey, here's some good research. Study out of the University of California, Irvine, thank you, Anteaters, has revealed that consumption of moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee is linked to living a longer life. So I got to quit that stuff. Little downer in your alcohol, little upper in your caffeine. Huh? How much are they talking about? Like uh, how how many cups of coffee? The key word is moderate, (laughs) they say. Um, But what does that mean? Yes. They, Amy and I don't know what moderation is. That's a good point. <laughs> Such a good point. <laughs> People who drank moderate amounts of alcohol or coffee lived longer than those who abstained. People who were overweight in their 70s lived longer than normal or underweight people did. So that makes we were sense. saying we were saying yesterday about when it is you you just give up about when it comes to diet and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you hit 70. Oh hell yeah. So that you pack on a few pounds and keep but you don't want to live longer. That 70 I I could do. You could do 70 but they're saying if you're fat in your 70s you're likely to live longer than if you're skinny or so underweight. So you're saying I'm going to live longer cuz I'll be fat. I mean I if what you, you chose say, to. what are you saying? Research finds that here's the key to moderate. The research finds I'm ignoring that <laughs> that subjects who drink two glasses of beer or wine every day 
decrease their chances at a premature death by 18%. I think part of that is that you're just enjoying life more if you have coffee and a couple glasses of wine. You know, if you're a teetotaler or, and you don't have caffeine and no alcohol, you're upset, you get stressed more often. How many glasses of wine in a bottle? Four. About four, four, four or five? Four and a half, yeah. Okay, so if you're drinking a bottle of wine every two days, okay, you, that, the other thing is that you're going to be able to afford that, right? Yeah. I don't know how much, I don't... It depends what kind of wine. 20 bucks? I mean, you could get a box of, uh, uh, you know... box of Franzia? Uh, for, yeah, Franzia. <laughs> yeah. For what nine ninety nine, and that'll last you. Oh, that's like ten week. or twelve glasses of wine. Oh, it's probably even more than that. Okay, you seem really. We used excited. to get it in college. We'd get a box of that Franzia, and I think there was just rip the cardboard off and drink it like a Boda bag. No, but it would it would last a long time. Huh. I don't know how many. I don't know. I'll Google it. Those who drink two cups of coffee a day decrease their chances by ten percent. So they're, uh, I guess, assuming if you combine those together. You're going to live forever or something. When we come back, an update on the Olympics. More like Canada or Canadont. A three-liter wine box is about 20 glasses of wine. Whoa. Yeah, it can last. All right, box it up then. We'll take it to go. Gary and Shannon will continue after this. Hey, uh, this is kind of a cool thing that Major League Baseball has done. If you know, today is the uh, first day of spring training games. Major League Baseball announced that every single team that's playing today and those whose first games are tomorrow are wearing caps of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Eagles, the baseball team, during their uh, during their games today. In fact, uh, on TV, I was flipping through and I saw the Angels-A's game. And the angel, every single member of both of the teams and the umpires, everyone who wears a hat during a, during a game, is wearing a Stoneman Douglas Eagles hat that uh, Major League Baseball and their hat maker New Era made twenty five hundred caps. That's very cool. Uh, played by all the or worn by all the players, managers, coaches, and umpires. And then what they're probably going to do, depending on which club it is, uh, they'll autograph them, uh, auction them off, and then all the proceeds will go to. Um, to the Broward Education Foundation, which has put together a Stoneman Douglas Victims Fund. The president addressed the Conservative Political Action Conference today and continued his call to arm teachers and made some pretty um, uh, aggressive comments about the school deputy who we now know stood outside that building where the shooter carried out his massacre for about four minutes without entering. Uh, We will go live to Washington when we come back for Swamp Watch. But first, we wanted to update you on the Olympics. Uh, Thankfully, the ice dancing with skating stuff is going to be over pretty soon. So last night, my husband's like, do you want to watch any of this? And I went out there like, okay. And so I sit down and watch one girl and she was kind of mediocre. And then she fell. And the next one comes up and she falls. There's more falling than I remember. Yeah, But maybe it's just because they're trying more difficult things. That's what I was going to say is they're doing triple some things into triple other things. And yeah. they get more points for trying them even if they fall, which seems oh, sort of stupid. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they, they make a big point of that. Well, Evgenia Medvedeva was the 18-year-old Russian 
who was supposed to come in and blow everybody away, but it was Alina Zagatova, the 15-year-old. She was incredible. Such a deserved gold medal. I don't even understand. You know what's the weirdest thing is what looking at some of the pictures, the freeze frames of their skating, whether they're doing their one-legged, uh, the, what do they call those, Oscar, when they have the one foot and they're spinning? The, twizzles. The twizzles. That's twizzles. Thank you. Uh, the, when they stop those, like this one here, this picture of Alina Zagatova, mm-hmm. where she's got, she, I don't know how she does this, but she's got her left arm holding her left shin, and her right hand is up over her head. This is as close as I get right there. Where's and I'm your a good, leg? Oh. I'm a good four feet away from the bottom of my skate. Well, you're not a 15-year-old figure skating woman. Not anymore, I'm not. Uh, but she broke the previous record, world record score, uh, I think, when she beat Medvedeva in the short program a couple a uh, couple days earlier. And what's funny is they were doing all day, Tara Lipinski and uh, Johnny Weir and Terry Gannon, the third voice in all of that, were talking up the Russians in this great rivalry between these 15, the 15-year-old Alina and the 18-year-old Evgenia and the great inspiration that they've been to each other etc oh oh before we get to that though here's a canadian and then she would get out there and caitlin osmond would get out there and skate uh she won bronze i think so it just it was a weird dylan hernandez ripped apart one of our uh our skaters uh mirai nagasu mm-hmm. nagasu yeah Nag- she's from nagasu. arcadia yeah she's from arcadia and uh he says that she isn't an Olympic champion except in the field of complaining. That's nice. He says watching the free skate program was unnecessary to figure out how the women's individual figure skating competition ended for the U.S. Listening to her would suffice. I'm ready to go home, she said. He writes, that's the kind of rhetoric expected of an overfed and overpaid newspaper columnist, not an Olympic champion. <laughs> wow. Um, she also at one point in the, uh, in the post game said she would like to be on dancing with the stars because I want to be a star. That's a terrifying dissection of where we are as a culture, right? You're at the Olympics. You have reached the pinnacle of your sport and you're talking about your goal is to be on dancing with the stars. She also wants to go on the bachelor to find true love. That's not true. That did not, that did not happen. (laughs) But it's the same language, it seems, just a different topic. Like, is that what kids think stardom is now? Is Dancing with the Stars and yeah, The Bachelor? I think so. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff coming on uh, on the TV today when it comes to uh, Olympic stuff. Bobsled, men's four-man, uh, speed skating, men's thousand meters, snowboarding, men's big air, alpine skiing team event is coming up. Some of the curling, women's semifinal teams, et cetera. By the way, Canada got beat in the men's hockey as well. Didn't you call them Canada today? Canada. That's or, terrible. Or Canada don't. <laughs> you better be careful. There are a lot of them here. Trust me. And you know what? There's the Canadians are such worried. a nice people. They are, and I feel really sorry for the the, the ass beating wow. that they've been taking at uh, wow. kicking at and uh, in South. Wow. Korea. I, I mean, we've got we've fallen far short of our medal count, so I'm not saying that we're doing better. But uh, but Canada, come on. Curling, hockey, 
I think there's a uh, grandma in a wheelchair downstairs you can go kick <laughs> once you're done. Is she Canadian? <laughs> All right, Swamp Watch. You didn't answer the question. Is she Canadian? Swamp Watch when we come back. (laughs) Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon. On this Friday, it's February 23rd. The White House is on lockdown. Uh-oh. Apparently a vehicle has struck a security barrier near the White House. That's the, all we know. Well, the woman who was driving was apprehended. Wow. We do not know it was a woman. No, no, they said that. Oh. You just I thought, thought I was... I totally <laughs> thought you were just laying out it being a woman no, because uh, she's a bad no. driver. The Secret Service did say... <laughs> The driver was apprehended. She was taken into custody right away. That's the way they said it. So I didn't just say that it was. A- I, I thought you were making a joke about how women can't drive. I did not. Uh, Serena Marshall is in Washington, joins us now to talk about the uh, conservative political action conference. President Trump uh, un- addressing the crowd today. Serena, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Excellent. So what was the big message today? Well, this really felt like a throwback to 2016 more than anything. It was kind of a free-wielding speech, the president even telling the audience, I'm going to go off script for a little bit. You don't mind, as he hit on, touched on really his greatest hits. He, we heard chance of lock her up, build that wall. And then almost as a footnote, you guys, at the very end, he mentioned those largest ever North Korean sanctions right before leaving the stage. Yeah, what did he say about those? Uh, any specifics? Well, the president didn't give a lot of specifics. Afterwards, the secretary of the Treasury went into more detail about what those sanctions would look like. Now, the um, this this may have been the first time I can ever recall the president making a joke about his own hair. Yeah, yeah I hadn't uh, ever heard that one before. He pointed out a bald spot, and he said he's trying to cover it up, and he doesn't think he's doing too bad of a job about it. It was, I think, a first for the president. Well, I think uh, but- what happened, uh, sorry, Serena, was that there was so much ado about him getting on Air Force One, was it, or Marine One, and his hair was blowing in the wind, and it was just blasted all over inter- all over the internet. Oh, look at the bald spot, and look at his hair, and look at this. And I think that that probably angered him, so he wanted to maybe get out in front of it, have a little fun with it. Oh, I was inside the conference room, so if that was happening, I didn't see it. But he was having fun with it, and the crowd was loving uh, everything he said when he was there, and they were laughing along with the president. Now, uh, who uh, who else is addressing the conference today? Well, we uh, heard from a whole slew of different administration officials. We heard from also um, some Trump surrogates, Mark Meadows today. You heard Kellyanne Conway was supposed to speak as well. Uh, and this was a three-day conference. It was started yesterday. It'll end tomorrow. And really, it was just so, I, I can't emphasize enough, so much of the administration up there. Yesterday, you had the White House counsel, Don McGahn, also there, uh, and uh, the FCC chairman, the Department of Education secretary. I, it's mostly secretaries were there uh i just it, it, one administration official really after another well the uh, the big issue that i mean that's been making headlines understandably for the last week and a half has been the shooting in florida w- was there a lot of discussion about that today 
Yeah, the president definitely addressed the shooting in Florida. He mentioned those uh, roundtables he had, those listening sessions with the students. He also, we heard him talk about and again uh, address the idea that he would like to see schools no longer be gun-free zones. He said they're going to look at at that whole um basically even brought up military bases sometimes being gun-free zones and how that's a bad idea because if they're able to get some teachers have concealed carry, if they're able to get some highly trained officials to have guns, he said, then you wouldn't see these mass shooters going into schools uh, the way that we did and that a teacher with a gun would protect her student, her or his students. Some harsh words, too, for the Florida deputy on, on the campus there who it looks like uh, reportedly failed to enter the building for at least four minutes while the shooting uh, continued. Yeah, that's right. He called him a coward. He said perhaps he froze. Uh, and that's when we heard the president talk about how if the, if the teachers, uh, if, uh, some teachers had weapons in this situation, that they would actually be protecting the students because they have more invested in the students is what it, it came across as. All right. Serena, thank you. Thanks, guys. Serena Marshall there, the latest out of uh, Washington, D.C. Again, there was a, 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 somebody ran into a barrier or something like that close to the White House. So the White House was on lockdown. And uh, we've been watching some of the uh, TV coverage, some of the fixed cameras from the buildings nearby. It looks like uniformed Secret Service and Metro Police are out in the streets uh, uh, surrounding the White House more so than usual. The driver, whoever it was, she was taken into custody pretty quickly, and it wasn't a joke. It see, it says female driver. I, I see that, okay. but <laughs> I hadn't I seen that when a... you said the woman who crashed into the barrier. Well, you've been on the record with saying that that women aren't uh, as as good drivers. Well, I don't know why. Gosh, <clears throat> uh, she didn't breach the barriers. What they said, it just says that she struck the security barrier. So, um, but we'll keep an eye on that. We'll come back. We'll also, talk about. The latest in uh, the Rick Gates, uh, Robert Mueller portion, because Rick Gates did plead guilty today. We'll talk about all of that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we've got an update on the Turpin kids. Remember the kids locked up, not allowed to use the bathroom, kept in chains? We're getting an update about how they're doing post-imprisonment by their evil parents. And an update to the Harvard-Westlake story. Uh, the Harvard-Westlake school that was shut down, it looks like a former NFL lineman had something to do with it. It's all coming up on Gary and Shannon. You know that I somebody. You know that I somebody. Like you. Gary and Shannon. Why don't we take the show on the road? Excellent idea. How about next week? I think it's a great idea. You want to say Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, Thursday's fine for me. Orange County work? Yeah. uh, How about Tustin specifically? How about specifically J.T. Schmidt's in Tustin? Oh, I love that place. Lots of tots? Hmm? That's just one thing. Little tots with a little spice, a little cheese. Little truffle fries? You might have to ask for the cheese, but you could definitely ask about their bigger, badder asser burger. Mmm. I don't even know what that means. It just sounds delicious. You're thinking about it right I'm now. I'm thinking, I'm trying to figure out if you'll eat the entire thing. No. You want to split it? No, I don't want one of, I don't like those games. I what, feel what bad games? enough eating the food I already ate today. What? What is it? What, how is that a game? Because I, let's just say I eat the bigger, better ass or burger at mm-hmm. JT Schmidt's, and then for the rest of my life, I hear you going, oh, you ate the bigger, better, as a burger. 
A, I don't speak like that. B, you I would, would never shame you for the food you eat. You would. We will be celebrating Orange County Restaurant Week, 10th year of this. It's exciting stuff when you get to sample all of these great restaurants, price fix menus, reasonable prices. It's good times. Yeah, so we'll be at JT Schmidt's in Tustin on Thursday, next Thursday, March 1st, for our gas news and brews, and we'd love it if you would come out. We are in the middle of uh, Swamp Watch, talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. One of the biggest stories that we've seen is the former top advisor to the election campaign for President Trump pleaded guilty today to federal conspiracy and false statement charges as part of the uh, special counsel's investigation into uh, Russia. Uh, This is an indication that Rick Gates is going to be used as a parakeet. He's going to flip. And he's going to testify against a lot of people. And it looks like specifically he'll be testifying against Paul Manafort. Um, he made the uh, the plea today in Washington at the federal courthouse. He admits to charges that accuse him of conspiring a U.S. against the U.S. government related to fraud, unregistered foreign lobbying, and as well as lying to federal authorities in a recent interview. This was a 32-count indictment that came yesterday from the federal grand jury against him and Paul Manafort. And the only reason for such a plea is because he is going to roll on Manafort and who knows who else. Yeah, and again, these, as much as this is born out of the investigation by the special counsel into any potential inclusion, uh, collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, it's pretty clear that at this point, Paul Manafort was just, doing a bunch of financial hijinks and uh there's no there's no way to necessarily tie this yet if there is any collusion there's no way to tie this to that but this is a step in the direction that uh it should start making some people sweat about what's going on hey i just wanted to revisit the president's comments about this deputy who is on the grounds of the florida high school where the massacre happened the first information that we got out of the school this 45 acre uh, school massive campus obviously is that this school resource officer, this armed deputy, uh, did not have eyes on the shooter, was not near the building where the shooting took place. Well, the information that came out late yesterday was, in fact, he did make it to that building and that he stood outside that building for four minutes while the shooting went on, the shooting that lasted six minutes. The president today talking about uh, this deputy who, for whatever reason, didn't have the didn't have it in him to rush into that building. This man standing outside of the school the other day doesn't love the children, probably doesn't know the children. The teachers love their children. They love their pupils. They love their students. As evidence for his argument that teachers should be armed and that the teachers would have rushed that hallway and opened fire, but the 30-year veteran of the police force didn't because he did not love the children. What's your thoughts on that? That he didn't love the children? That the president is saying, is making a judgment call on this guy. I I don't know. I don't know how you put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's going to probably sacrifice his life, and I know that's what you sign up for when you are a when you are a law enforcement official, when you are um, an officer. But if you've never worked the job, if you've never been in that situation, how do you get to point fit? How do you get to say that? 
Did he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But it's the same thing. I, I, I also, I mean, I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with him exp- expressing his opinion about that. I mean, he belie- he thinks the guy didn't love the children or whatever. I mean, I think it's a little less nuanced than that. I think he just froze and, and forgot all of his training and forgot why he was I there. Think, I think that's I mean, what it is. I think he completely froze. I mean, we don't know. Um, but I, I can't imagine that he's like, nah, I don't care. I mean, I don't what love is the, it? I don't love kids. those kids. But to uh, use that as an argument to arm teachers doesn't doesn't, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me that that somehow a teacher's love for the kids and the students is great enough to overcome their fear of handguns, their inability to control handguns, their inability to act under pressure. I mean, I've seen a bunch of different uh, postings from people, social media interviews with with teachers who say. You do not give me a gun. Do not force me to take a gun. And that that's never going to happen. No, the no teacher's one's ever going to force somebody to do that. Way too powerful to ever let that happen. Um, but aren't we asking, by the way, teachers to do too damn much already? Yes, with with tiny little resources, tiny with no baby money. Resources, yeah. Handle Handle read an email today, which I thought crystallized the the essence of a lot of teachers' opinions on this. Don't make me carry a gun. I just need a few extra dry erase markers yeah. or something, you know, something simple like that. School supplies are, you know, they have so to, hard to come by anyway. Right. They're paying out of pocket for school supplies for all of these kids that not only do they have to teach, but they, in many cases, have to provide emotional support for. Uh, they are like a, a third parent or a first parent or a second parent for a lot of these kids. And now they have to be tasked with security, too. Give me a break. That's well, not fair. That being said, there are places where... There are at least four states that are considering legislation to allow teachers to carry concealed firearms in schools, and there are eight states who already do. So there already are places where teachers do carry weapons onto school campuses. So it's not a new thing. It's not an experimental thing, and no one is forcing those teachers to do that. So, But, but using that argument uh, or using that, this, this sheriff's deputy who froze outside the school – as a reason to arm teachers doesn't make sense to me. So um, speaking of D.C. stuff, uh, President Trump says the final word on whether Jared Kushner gets official clearance, security clearance, is going to be up to John Kelly. Uh, He was asked today at a news conference with the Prime Minister of Australia if he would grant some sort of waiver that would allow Jared Kushner to keep his interim security clearance. Because the chief of staff, John Kelly, has instituted a bunch of changes to the security clearance process. This is all after the Rob Porter stuff came out. Um, Many top security clearances would be revoked. And that may include Jared Kushner. The president said Kushner has been treated very unfairly and is working diligently on solving Middle East peace. He's a high quality person, he says. He works for nothing. No one ever reports that, but he gets zero. He gets no salary? No salary. Kushner decided not to accept a salary. I don't I don't care. I, I'm not sure I care that a multimillionaire developer is working for the White House and not taking a salary. Yeah. You mean like the guy who's the president? It's he's, like when, he's been donating right. his salary. It's like when Schwarzenegger became governor. He's like, I'm not going to take a salary. And it's like you wanted everyone to do this. And right. Why would you? It's peanuts compared to what you already have. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Justice Department, speaking of guns, the Justice Department is going to ask uh, attorneys, gen- no, U.S. attorneys around the country to prioritize the prosecution of prospective gun buyers who lie on federal background check forms. 
So those uh, adding a little bit of teeth to to laws that are already on the books. It's part of a larger set of recommendations the Justice Department's expected to announce soon, probably Monday or Tuesday, that, that would all, just basically enforce the existing laws that govern gu- gun purchases. We've seen before where people should not have been allowed to get guns that then use them for nefarious purposes. I think the shooting in Sutherland Springs is probably the greatest example of a guy who lied on his form, plus the Air Force didn't pass on its information that they had about him, and he was able to get a, a rifle. So, Coming up next, we have an update on the Turpin kids, the Turpin kids who were held prisoner, basically, by their evil parents. Uh, we know how they're doing right now. And also an update on Harvard-Westlake and what prompted the school to shut down today. It was over an Instagram post. Now we know who's behind it. Tell you all about it when we return to Gary and Shannon.